Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Sergio Barrientos, who is co-founder and chief creative officer of Latin3. Today we will discuss games as a media vehicle. Sergio, known by many colleagues as El Sensei, has leveraged his extensive target market strategies for Singular, Dell, Google, Microsoft, Nextel, Pepsi, Reebok, Sony, Taka Airlines, Visa, and Xerox by creating shopping environments for online stores. Sergio is the recipient of several awards, including Latino Marketing Awards, Web Awards, iNovas, PMAs, and Reggies. He and his team have also made the finals at the Khan Cyber Alliance. Before working with Latin3, Sergio was creative director in Latin America, Spain, and the United States for more than 14 years. Prior to joining Latin3, he managed corporate services for one of the most important Latin American communications and interactive groups. Sergio, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Tell us, if you would, about games and gaming. This seems to be such a hot topic, and I'm confessing to very little knowledge. My last encounter with a game was a Pac-Man. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, well, uh, games. People love games. Uh, we, we ask ourselves why. Um, basically, uh, games are an immersive experience that people uh, use to relax, get entertained, and uh, meet other people lately with the internet connections. So a game is a moment of fun and uh, something that will provide us um, something that will provide us an amusement moment relaxation and just concentrate on something that is far away from a problem. What we are using the games as, as a media vehicle, when we talk about games as media vehicles, we talk about mixing uh, advertising with video games. So basically what we're doing is in a consumer buying cycle where you have three main stages of emotion, experience, and relationship, the games are going to develop more that experience and can be like a first date with a brand. So this immersive experience with a marketing objective of a brand will meet in an advert game which is advertising plus video games. Now, when we talk about games in this instance, of course, we're not talking about Monopoly or Scrabble or anything like that. We're talking about online games, and more specifically, we're talking about games as advertising tools. Did, did, is that right? Yes, it's right, but uh, sometimes, on, sometimes the typical traditional board games are one of the most successful online games as well. Actually, uh, Scrabble and Monopoly are two games that has an, uh, an amazing online communities and uh, has been used for several promotional, pro promotional campaigns from big brands to engage users into the message of the brand by doing contests 
and uh, make them participate and interact with others with multiplayer experiences online. So it's not only uh, arcade games, which are these games that you have to, to, to play with a character and make something to happen, like the typical Mario Bros, Pac-Man, Space Invaders, or the old games that you used to play with a Commodore 64. Um, these are games that are more challenging and are more intellectual oriented sometimes, or there are multiplayer games like uh, Quake or any, or any game that you can play from an Xbox or PlayStation console. So online games or other games usually are games that you, it can be used uh, on a website, can be played on a website. Usually you push for multiplayer activities so you can relate with other people to make this experience more rich. And uh, lately, for example, Burger King just launched three versions of a game with for, for a console, which is uh, Xbox, PlayStation, and uh, this was this was really a breakthrough in the industry because for the first time uh, a brand did the whole game, the the whole plot of the game is interacting with the brand and and the brand message. So we're talking about games in and of themselves as online tools. And in addition to that, we're talking about games as advertising tools. You can uh, be just a sponsor, where you can put uh, digital ads inside the game. For example, if you have a character running through a city, you can have a store, which is your brand, or with objects such as a skate, a bicycle, or a car. Those are like sponsorships and different type of sponsorships. Then you have a little more immersive way to, to interact with the game, which is uh, with a plot integration, where the whole game has to do with what your brand does with consumers. For example, there are games from brands such as uh, Nike or uh, Gatorade, where it, enhancement of, of the sport. There are brands like Nike or Gatorade where everything you do in the game improves while you have the correct shoes from Nike or you drink more Gatorade to get more energetic. So basically you can integrate into the plot with your product or you can sponsor the game and just grab a game that is already built and just put logos and branding or products inside the game. There's another way, interesting way to, to interact, which is um, to use a well-known game as an experience to get some incentives. It's a less invasive uh, way, which is the most common used in the other gaming world, where basically you just uh, use the game as the way to get the prizes. We had a lot of experience doing that with uh, Sony Pictures by the launch of certain movies such as Da Vinci Code, uh, Casino Royale, and Spider-Man 3. We built games 
that were a mix of arcades uh, to challenge users to resolve some anagrams or to play like uh, shooting games or to fly through the city with Spider-Man. Of course, grabbing objects and uh, trying to to get to the goal of the game. Our so the most interesting thing about our games is that it taps into the three uh, human in three primordial human instincts, which is uh, challenge, emotion, and reward. That's why uh, advert games create this experience of uh, high involvement, producing engagement, a truly good engagement with the brand. Because there are challenges, and they feel like they, they can do it, so they, they want to play, they, they are willing to play the game and to try to achieve the goals. Then they have the motion in playing, the, the silly motions. You can see people playing with a lot of gestures and faces. You have new ways of playing, like, for example, the Wii, which is a new Nintendo uh, console, You, where people doesn't know how to play, they start playing and they get engaged into the game. And then the incentive, which is to get a reward. That reward usually is, is just to get points to go to a next level, but with, when brands are involved into this, the, the the rewards are more interesting, such as prices, uh, such as money, trips, and different type of benefits for the players. Are we seeing interest in the U.S. Hispanic market in games? Well, basically, uh, if we see all these reports from AOL Roper, Nielsen and other research companies, we observe that Hispanic uh, teens are more involved in the usage of media, in the usage of electronics and technology, and gaming is one of the top uh, tasks they they do with the, with technology. We have uh, we we have done some games for Reebok to connect with Latino teams, and uh, the the usage was amazing. Where people came to the site just to play and leave, and then they referred to other friends to go and play against each other. It was. Simple games like uh, Reggae Dance, for example, which was basically a, a gaming a, a game about dancing. It, it was following the mechanic was following the Simon game, and you just go there and follow the the signals and the sounds and the and the colors and the sequences. So you have a character dancing towards reggaeton steps. And it's incredible how people spend time there. We were amazed on the, the amount of minutes, sometimes half an hour or more, playing one single se a sequence on a game. Then we, we play a little bit with, with more sounds because the, 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 the site, which was Barrio Reebok, uh, was more oriented to engage consumers with music and lifestyle. And uh, there's a game 
which is like a, a mixer, a music mixer, where you build your own tunes and people vote for you and you can win a pair of sneakers every week. That is like the most popular place in the in the in the site, and we we always wonder why, and it's basically because of the show-off portion of it. People love to play, but people love to, to, to others to watch them, how good they are playing. Do you have any statistics, any numbers that you can share with us, Sergio, in relation to the number of Latinos that is interested in gaming or the percent of the online Hispanic market that has an interest in games? Well, uh, not really at hand. We can we can see that later, but uh, we know that there are for more than 14 million uh, Hispanic users on the internet, and we know that more than 30 percent of this population are teenagers. So. This teenage, uh, and we know that teenagers in the Hispanic market over-index uh, general market players in games. And we also know that the most casual games players in the Internet are mothers, are soccer moms. So basically, if you see the gaming statistics and you see the Hispanic uh, population, you will see that they are very, very close for the benchmark regarding gaming. What I'm trying to say here is that Hispanic teens and Hispanic mothers, gaming is about teens and mothers, and you have uh, the, the mass of the population are very similar in, in proportion. It was a little weird explanation, right? Uh, no, I think I understand, but let me let me say it back to you and see if I got okay. the gist of it. You're saying that from the 14 million, 16 million Hispanics that are estimated to be online in the states, about 30 percent are teenagers, and that we know from other data, mainstream data even, that teenagers in general over-index that they use games more than the general market. In addition to that, then this is the part that I'm not sure about, you're saying that soccer moms, mothers of these teenagers, also play the games? Yes. The main players on the Internet, like, I think it's 63, 65% of casual players, they call it, are moms. And when they say casual players, it means someone who maybe doesn't play every day, but occasionally? No, uh, sorry, it's, it's casual, casual game players. Casual games are the ones like puzzle games, word games, card games, uh, those type of games. I see. So it's not that casual doesn't refer to the frequency no, with which... they play daily. It's the type of game that they play. Exactly. Casual games are games like Bejeweled or Puppet or Jewel Quest, those type of uh, simple games like a Sudoku maybe online or Scrabble. 
I, those type of games. Rather than the... Rather than arcades, multiplayer, or, 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 or games that you have to, to use a character and move, move people around, or strategy games, or more, more complex and more involved. These are more casual, more you just log in, you play your game, you have your fun, you, you maybe you save your score, and tomorrow you go back. And it's amazing to see how the nap time is uh, the peak hour. <laughs> so basically, it's our mothers that are taking care of their child uh, in the house, and uh, they go on to just to, to spend some time, they play a game, to have fun, and then they go back to their duties. This is their, their relaxation. This is their downtime. Yeah, yeah. So we have a mixed audience of teenagers and their moms, basically, who are showing an interest in the online gaming opportunities. In a different uh, way, but yes. And, of course, they're looking at different types of games. So the games that the teenagers are interested are are different than the ones that their mothers are interested in. Of course, yes. Uh, teenagers are more interested in, in showing off and more, more in the social aspect of it, of having fun but showing off. And mothers are just spending time. Do you have any estimates for the number of Hispanic moms that are playing these games? No reason. Difficult challenge, right? Yes, yes. You, you, I, I should, I should be more prepared on this. But, uh, I can get you a number. How long has this been going on, Sergio? Is this something that's just starting, or is this more of an ongoing thing? I would say that uh, the boom uh, has been like last year was a big uh, eye opener on the numbers, especially on the moms. Then uh, the reach of games, like a more complex game for teenagers, uh, last year and the year before was increasing, um, almost doubling each year because of the broadband penetration. So basically, you can play more rich games from your place without going to uh, having to buy the new console game or the new DVDs that to install at home and, and play a game. Now it's more online, it's a, it's a social experience. All the consoles right now are connected to the internet, like Microsoft Xbox or the PlayStation 3. You just plug it in, put an ethernet cable and connect it to the network, and you can play against each other from your place to a, a person in China. And that, with uh, the, the program penetration, uh, was really big in the last two years. And right now, brands are understanding that with all this clutter, the medium clutter that you have, and you have a, all this noise going around on brands, nobody's paying attention. People are TiVo, with TiVo are forwarding advertising, uh, you are avoiding banners and clicking on things, you are not clicking that much on the, on the on, on advertising right now. So how? Brands question themselves, how can we be less invasive? How can we get more involved into the thinking and to an experience than just advertising and messaging? So that's where participation is known as the fifth P of advertising. 
you know that they, they always say that promotion plays uh, promotion place, price, and product are the four P's of marketing. Now this is the new fifth P of marketing, which is participation. That's what they said in Cannes this year. I had the pleasure to go there. And in the event of the advertising festival, they were really embracing that participation is key, that everything is around that, and the better the experience, more the attention, and more the relationship and the brand awareness that a consumer will have by using, by, by having this user experience. And games are one of the more immersive experiences they can have. So I think it's really interesting that connection. Participation is key, and at this moment, um, internet, all this web 2.0 that is really consumer 2.0 in my opinion because the web is, has been always there, similar tools than the new ones were, were there for a while, but now consumers are using the web for a different reason, are using it for more social aspects. And when uh, a game comes along, I'm not just playing to have fun, I'm connecting with other people, I'm having fun on the way, I'm, I'm getting something, always. Other games give me something, give me a contest, give me a prize, give me a premium, give me something that I can win, show off, or, or have some type of reward for myself. And that's why I play. So basically, I'm giving something back to the brand in exchange for a, a fun experience and to have a, uh, like a moment of fun or, or, or connecting to a network of people. How many game types are we talking about? Sergio. Game types? Right. Oof, they change by the minute. It's incredible how this industry is evolving and it's incredible how new things come along. Um, usually we, we used to have the arcades, the strategy games, the casual games that they call it, which are more like puzzles, war games. Uh, then you had the 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 new there's a new thing called ARG, which are alternate reality games, which is basically a mix between the online and the offline world, where you come online and you have some challenges, some enigmas, and you have to go to an event offline to solve it and come back and report it. So that back and forth is moving along. Uh, Microsoft launched Windows Vista in Europe with an ARG game, for example, and it's really interesting how successful it was. Going back to the types of games, we're talking about arcade games, casual games, strategy games, and alternate reality games. I think those are the four more, well, and then you have all the, inside the, 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 the playing games, inside the, the game playing, you have a lot of categories. Like in our case, you can have a war game, a racing game, sports game. You have categories on depending on the themes. Of course, so there are subcategories, but the four major categories are the arcade, the casual, the strategy, and the Adventure. alternate. Adventure, exactly. And then you have educational games as well. So that's the fifth category. I would say, I, w I would say, that if you want to, you start at the top with three type of things. I guess tabletop games, which are the typical board games, card games, more the casual games. I I called it. Mm -hmm. Then you have like, like the, inside the video games, 
you can you have the arcade, the 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 online games, the MMOGs, they call it multiplayer online gaming, and the ARG, which is the the, the alternate reality games. And then you have lo like, like all these sports or movie plots, which are more on the arcade side, but we are themed. Within that universe, do we have any kind of an idea of which ones are winning over, for example, the Latino teenagers? Is it overwhelmingly strategy? Is it mostly multiplayer? Where would you say the bulk of the Latino teenagers? I would in the say States? that the sports games. Sports games. Sports. Sports. Because uh, as we know, as a minority, uh, we always are looking for uh, role models, and uh, the role models in the Hispanic market are more in the sports celebrities than than executives or or CEOs. You know, uh, we are we are looking more after a sports celebrity, a baseball player, a basketball player. That's why all the clothing, the style, the music that we develop, such as reggaeton, which is a fusion of several cultures, streets, and the barrio, the, the neighborhood, the local neighborhood. So looking in that sense, we, we, we are trying to look for an exit. And uh, Latino teens are always looking for, after certain role models that are not the conventional ones, that's why we see all this new movements such as reggaeton, such as the clothing lines that appear for Latinos are more related to baseball caps, long basketball t-shirts, and at least a, a, a little of uh, jewelry as well. When so we sports, I think, would be the, the more engaging ones because they think that by mastering the sport, I can have my free ride to college, I can, I can evolve for something I can do. Or when we talk about teenagers, Sergio, is it overwhelmingly teenage boys? What is the percentage, uh, if, if we can break down by gender? Uh, I think it's getting pretty even right now. Uh, we have uh, the last report I saw, I think it was a year ago, and it was like 65 male and the rest women, but I, I don't know how it evolved. But it was changing a lot. And in the gaming side, you have more boys and girls, but it's, it's catching up. The girls are catching up really fast, uh, are coming up with, with a lot of uh, more, uh, like brands are coming up with games, like Barbie, for example, has a lot of arcades and gaming, and all these brands, more, more, more little ones, like twins, are playing a lot with all this Disney and Nickelodeon online gaming so I think it's, it's getting pretty even so the boys are looking for the sports games and the girls are interested in the Barbie and Disney types of games and the, the funny thing is the Barbie and the, and the Disney like the fairy side are like social networks networks is similar to MySpace, MySpace Facebook but, but for twins more low-key, 
Well, I don't know if you know that uh, Disney just bought Peng, uh, Club Penguin, which is a social network for kids. So it's, everything is around that. Is uh, and and it's nothing new. It's what uh, girls and boys did all, that, all all the time. But now with technology, they do it here. But it's girls socialize and and the boys are having fun. Usually, it was like that always. What, if any, difference is there? between the choices of the Latino teens and the Latino moms on the online gaming scene? I think Latino moms are trying to get uh, or are embracing the roots as much as they can. Uh, we always say that there's some guilt, but they, they brought it here and they don't have the opportunity to know their countries as well as they did, the countries of origin. But uh, new generations are changing that a little bit because they are Americans with their descendants. They are not first generation, second generation Americans are that uh, different. And then teenagers, uh, I think the big difference is that they, they are looking for to, to fit in, but if there's something with a Latin flavor, it shows them pride. And I think that's what, what is changing the market the last five to six years, the big change. We saw it in the agency that Latino teens are embracing their roots. Before, like 10 years ago, if you're a Latino, you just shut up, you try not to pronounce your last name, and you just try to blend in. And now everybody is trying to say, hey, here we are, I'm a Latino, I'm proud of myself, and this is what I have. And that's why the sports are, sport games are one of the best ways to communicate because they know what they're doing. They, they grab a bat and they can bat, they can run, they can play their game. And the, actually the best, the biggest stars of baseball right now in, in the States are Latinos. Are there any differences in terms of language? or music or the characters are, are they playing different games or are they just favoring games that perhaps are mainstream but have aspects that are more attractive well in the hispanic lifestyle uh sometimes i like to compare it to african-americans because of uh, as, uh, as, some, uh, as one of the biggest minorities in this country we have some several similarities African-Americans always embrace the hip-hop, and they, they, it's like their, their music, and that music in the Latin world is a reggaeton, which is a mix of the Caribbean and Central American rhythms with hip-hop. So when you see this in gaming, uh, you see that hip-hop has a lot of games. All the music in, in, in a lot of games are hip-hop. You have uh, rappers, like hip-hop stars have their own games. And now, in the reggaeton world, in the Latino version, they're doing, they're following the same path. I know that, uh, I think that Yankee now is sponsoring a game, and uh, the, his music uh, are getting into the games. And as well, in the sites that promote the game, you have always uh, a celebrity, usually music, usually reggaeton type, promoting the game and trying to show off. And you see all these TV channels like CTV, MTV Trust, and uh, HTV, all these 
uh, Hispanic-oriented uh, music video channels. Uh, they they put gaming is part of the lifestyle of the stars and the stars are obviously music celebrities. If you have a client that says to you, Sergio, we want to reach the Latino teens in the United States. Help us find a game vehicle to do this. How do you go about narrowing the market so that you can help your client promote his or her product, service, etc.? I think, first of all, uh, we need to analyze the, 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 the objectives of the the marketing objectives of the, of, of the client when and, and try to understand when a game makes sense and why a game. When we have that sold and we know that the marketing objectives are really trying to get a different level of engagement, that the target audience is right for a game, we will deploy this type of this type of game, and depending on what, what, where we are communicating, because it's not the same to do a game for a bank, for example, than a, a game for Reebok. Reebok is a fun, sports-oriented brand that is always like an alternative. It's always going to this urban style. And the bank can be, depending on the brand, uh, can be more serious, my promise in the future, my trying to help financially to the growth of the person. So it, it all depends. But the segment is, I don't know, I, I have the methodology, but it depends on the brand. I, 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 don't, I don't think I can segment as a generic thing. I don't think there's a, a correct audience for a correct game. I think there's a brand that matches with several... Well, let me ask the question this way. When would you say, when you were discussing marketing strategy with a client, when would you advise them to include gaming into their marketing mix? Okay. Other games are good for several things. Um, basically, any any tactic that you deploy in a marketing program uh, should bring results. Gaming can bring you four type of main results, which are brand awareness, like eyeballs, brand exposure, more people that see it. Then you you have direct actions like re registrations, orders, or referrals. Then you have uh, database acquisition, basically you build relationships, and you can have orders, sales. So with this in mind, uh, I would say that a game makes sense when you need to involve, for example, we, we, for product uh, demos are good to show a person and to demonstrate how a product works by leveraging the benefits of the product into a game, into a story, into something that a player can come in and, and start playing with the product and by the benefits win. Uh, then you can, the, the other part is 
when you want to get something viral, when you want to invest once and receive a lot of times, uh, I think it's interesting with a multiplayer game. Uh, we did some experiences with Pepsi where we did for the World Cup uh, a card game, which was basically a typical card game that you grab, for example, a car, and the car has a certain speed, and you compete with another person with another car with a different speed, and the, the biggest, the, the fastest car wins and takes the other car. Well, that type of game we did with players, with the Pepsi-sponsored players of the World Cup, like David Beckham, Ronaldinho, etc. And it was a multiplayer experience where people come and spend more time and get to know people playing the game. And the objective there was to get Pepsi involved into the work experience without being part of the sponsorship, because as we all know, it's a Coca-Cola event. So it was really interesting to, to provide this community, the Pepsi community, to, to play a game, relate to the World Cup without talking about the World Cup, and have a multiplayer experience. When it, ma it made sense because we increased the time spent in the site. We take, took advantage of the brand equity of the soccer biggest event in the world going on, and we increased the traffic, and uh, we did some promotions on the, on the bottles, on the labels, and it was a total success because of that. But basically, it makes sense when you can translate it to results. That's the short answer. And when, uh, uh, the first example was about um, product demo. The second one was about uh, take advantage of something in the, in the context. And the third one, I will say, is to have stickiness, to have people coming back. Those are the three things I would say that are the main reasons why I would use the game. Is the game advert an ongoing concept, sort of like a telenovela that you're hooked on for years? Is it a short-term thing, more like a mini-series? Obviously, it's not a one-shot deal. Uh, depends. I would say it depends. Uh, we had some experience with Microsoft, for example. We launched uh, Windows Vista in Puerto Rico and other countries in the Caribbean. But uh, it's really interesting because what we did was like a type of trivia game that every week you have new questions, and every time you come back and you, you keep answering the questions, you have more chances to win the prizes. So you can generate some addiction for a while, but uh, with the clutter and all the options that are around right now, it's not convenient to be too long. You should go for it, do it for a while, and then stop and wait, and then do it again. Uh, it's, not, it's not that people won't come all the time or, or can be a telenovela. Right now there's an interesting thing happening in the novelas world. I was looking at the news that they're doing a lot of things surrounding a telenovela, and I think they're trying to get people participating a lot more with online support to a telenovela. But uh, I think if the main tactic is a game, it's no good to keep it for a long time because you will not lose interest. Now, if it goes as a, a, a comp accompanying or like uh, supporting uh, another asset, 
is like an event, like we did with a World Cup, or like a telenovela, or like a TV show. TV shows are good for this because you can you, you can have a game, for example, Lost. Lost is one of the best practices in, in how to support a TV show with gaming, where they have console games, online games, uh, they have communities, online communities. It's incredible what they built surrounding the TV series. But I won't say that it's something that you can have uh, sequels all the time. I will say that it's, it's better to have a sequel than an ongoing thing, and don't make more than three because you will get people bored. What's next? Next, uh, diverse on the medium. Mobile gaming is coming. It's already here. I think uh, to keep playing on the go, participating in something that you are building up is good and uh, a lot of smart ideas are coming on cell phones um, and the mix I think is uh, mobile and the mix the mix of uh, different types of gaming all together in a one single experience and the mix of the offline and the online world I think is a secret I think we, we have to stop looking at the internet as something only digital. We have to see it as as we see any other medium. It's something that is there, I can use it whenever I want, and it's part of my life. Um, it gives a lot of advantages, and it centralizes all my media. So I can access from a TV, from a cell phone, from a from a computer at home, from a computer in a friend's house, or from school. But it's all there, and I, I, I can leverage it to my life in the offline real world. And I think virtual worlds are, are getting big by the moment. Uh, I think Second Life is bringing some interesting insights. I think it got a little bubble that burst, and now it has to build more in a solid way. I think brands are building their own worlds. I heard about Budweiser just launched uh, a virtual world where you can go and interact in bars, and you can go to a to a to a bar and interact in the social world online from your cell phone, and then you can go online and interact with that bar from your virtual world. That's what I think is coming. That's what is going to make the difference because. We need to understand that technology is here to help, and uh, it's just a vehicle of accelerating and, and putting things into a different perspective, but just helping us to make things better and more effectively. So if we learn how to use that, I think then what's next is mobile and the mix between offline and online and the mix or the fusion between different types of games what, to translate to results. Within that, what suggestions would you share, three suggestions with our listeners of things that they can do if they're trying to reach out to this young, game-oriented audience? What three things can they do to improve okay. their reach? I would say that... Uh, it's not just because of the game. It's because you have to give something away. You have to to really try to make give them some value to make sense to play this game. 
you have to provide them something that they will feel valued. Number two, help them uh, to, to grow uh, in their networks, make them popular, or like the, the value can be, well, I'm again in the value, but basically it's popularity, networking, or rewards are part of the, this value I was talking about in the first suggestion. Second suggestion is uh, don't create a game just for creating a game. Try to think about if it makes sense for your brand and if uh, the experience can be aligned what your brand is trying to say. And the third is don't, do not expect to make one game and see what happens. If it's not a success, just avoid the idea. I think it's a trial and error process. I think it's, it's a learning process. It's a learning process because uh, these audiences right now who are playing, they know what they want to play. If you change the game, they have to adapt to that. But I think the, 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 the secret here is to engage others that are not playing right now and start playing and be smart on the games. Try not to copy what others do and just do it with your brand because that sends a wrong message to, 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 to the ones that know the other ones. In summary, give something of value away, uh, which could be popularity, networking, or rewards. Number two, create something that is specific for your brand, not just pull something out of the rack. Don't expect to get all the answers from a single game. This is a trial and error, number three. And finally, number four, don't just copy what everybody else is doing, but really... Be original. Be original. Be original. Be creative. Thank you, Sergio, for joining us today from Hollywood, Florida. Thank you very much, and uh, it was a pleasure to be here. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Sergio El Sensei Barrientos, who is co-founder and chief creative officer of Latin 3, who discussed games as a media vehicle, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicMPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicMPR.com. That's editor at HispanicMPR.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. PR.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.